bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Hey folks, welcome to our new episode of Cause Monday. This is your host, Jake Sorensen, along with also Dan, Dan Olson and Ty Justice. Um, we're just here um, to talk a little bit about the draft today. To start off, though, um, we're going to just make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the Hive Sports and thehivesports.com. Um, get all your BYU content for this Cause Monday and every Cause Monday in the future. And then also go back and listen to the previous Cause Monday episodes where we've talked about Zach Wilson and um, some of the other um, BYU sports, including BYU softball and, and baseball and some other things that way. But today we're going to really dive in uh, into the draft and, and kind of go over the draft this past week, obviously, since some big news for the Cougars. But uh, I'll start off. I'll, I'll pass it over to Dan just to kind of shout out everybody, say hello, and also to, to Ty. Yeah, well, thanks, everybody. I'm I'm Dan. I, I love the Hive Sports. I kind of started it just by myself, but luckily we have these other guys here on the ride with me. Um, you can follow me. I'm at USU the right blue. So yeah, I'm an Aggie fan, but also I, I love the Cougars, all the other teams in the, in the beehive state. So um, I'm excited to talk about, I mean, this is the year of the Cougars. I, I know last year we had a lot of Utes, but I mean, this year the Cougars really hauled in some draft picks and some free agent signings. So, so definitely excited for that and to have you other you, you Cougar fans on with me um, and, and Ty Justice. This is his first ever time on the podcast. He, he's written a couple articles for us. Um, Ty, how are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, first ever episode. Excited to just jump on here with you guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Stoked to have you, man. Well, uh, let's get us. Do you have um, uh, any other social media handles, Ty, that you want to shout out while you're? Um. Yeah, you could. Uh, I, I guess you could add me on Facebook if you want. That's really all I'm really rocking right now, to be honest. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Facebook's good. Um, add Ty, though, wherever, um, at Facebook, and uh, make sure you, he'll be on with us in the future, too. We'll make sure he, he gets back on with us a couple times, but we really appreciate you jumping on with us. Um, just to kind of head us off tonight, we like I mentioned, we're going to get straight into the draft. We're going to kind of talk about some of the the key things that us Cougar fans noted um, from the draft and obviously the big news and Zach Wilson, we've been talking for weeks about um, Zach going to the jets and the hope that maybe he would land somewhere else. But then again, the jets would still be cool. Um, and it kind of all boiled down to the jets on draft night. Um, so we'll get into a little bit of that. And we'll also, um, we'll go a little bit into the other Cougars a little bit more in depth than we have in previous episodes, but just to kick it off, um, I, uh, I noted something that I, I kind of didn't note the other, the other days when we've talked about Zach. Um, I, th- I thought I saw really like strong energy and, and presence from him just accepting that role with the Jets. Because for weeks we've heard in the media talking about how the Jets are just not the place to be. Um, you know, they have a new coach in Robert Sala, but is he really the guy? 
And then, I mean, you see Zach come out of the, the little uh, portal that they have on, on the draft stage. And he's just like swapping and high five in everybody's hands. And he's just like super pumped until he sees, um, you know, the NFL commissioner and he's just like big bear hug and he's just stoked. Um, but I, I think that energy from Zach was something that we, um, I was excited to see because I think he sees a real vision in the Jets. And it, from his talk afterwards, it's, it seems like he's really pumped uh, about the Jets. Um, Dan and I had the opportunity to go on a podcast with some Jets fans um, last week. Um, it was the Weapons Hot podcast with the Jets. And we talked about Zach and what does Zach need um, to be able to succeed. But um, I think the what I saw was the Jets put pieces around him. So they, they drafted an O-lineman right at the beginning. Um, they got a few other pieces, like they, they drafted that wide receiver from Ole Miss. Dan, do you remember the old Ole Miss? Is it Elijah Moore um, that they, they drafted? Yeah, sounds – the Jets drafted? Yeah, I got yeah, my ESPN app here. That, um, there's a lot of um, – you can look at it by team. Um, but, yeah, the Jets – the Jets had a yeah. There was a interesting name for one of the the guys. I'm trying to remember here. It is yeah, Elijah. So, uh, Elijah Vera kind of Tucker from yeah. USC, and then yeah, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. So, so yeah, that was their first three draft picks. Yep, and then Michael Carter. You get a, a great running back from North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then they drafted another Michael Carter, Michael Carter the second. So Jets, oh, yeah. Jets are trying to confuse us. But I feel like they then, put pieces around Zach. Yeah, like three safeties, like Jamie Sherwood, Michael Carter the second, and then Hamza Nasser El Dean. I wonder if that had to have been a need for them, or I don't see it on their list of needs, but um yeah, I'm wondering why they drafted three safeties. I think they're just trying to get more depth on the D. Um, just from when we were talking to CJ and and uh, and them um the other day on that podcasts and in previous podcasts I'd listened to the, the Jets really lacked O-line depth and wanted some some depth there I thought they wanted a tight end I would kind of wish they would have taken Bushman but um I think some of the coolest things that I saw was I mean they they really are focused on Zach the day after the draft the morning after it's round two and three and they post a video of Zach already at jet facilities just like pumped stoked to be there taking a tour he looks like a business professional he looks like he's gonna make 300 million uh, you know in a contract like Mahomes does just because the way he's dressed the, the presence the overall like vibe that way but I what do you guys I kind of wanted to touch base on on um, I know we saw them put pieces around him um, but I just kind of wanted to focus on what do you guys think um, year one the Jets need to do to get Zach just in a, a, a good situation to, do they need to put uh, a veteran quarterback that's going to actually start the first few games and then let Zach take over? Or did you get the vibe just from the draft that Zach's like a day one quarterback ready to walk in? Day one, for sure. I think he's going to be the starter day one. You think so? I, I've kind of gone back and forth. I was listening to a couple different people today and they were like, well, maybe the Jets are going to draft or not draft. They're going to sign. Um, it was a uh, whole, not what's his name? Uh, it's the old quarterback that played for uh, the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken, um, before Alex, Alex Smith. Smith but he, oh, he retired. Yeah, it's the other guy that um, was with Alex Smith before. Dwayne before that Haskins. Or no, he's, he's not. He's not a vet. But. They, they have a vet that was going to come in, and anyways, um, he they just had some pieces, and they were saying, you know, they're going to bring in a vet. Just from the articles I was reading today, that the Jets are actively seeking a vet. 
And so is that vet going to be there for like Nick Foles? Nick Foles is the other one. And then Nick Foles is part of that article, that same ESPN article, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's uh, it starts with an H. I can't remember his last name, but um, I remember I think he wore number eight, just like uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, but oh, anyway, was it uh, Heineke? Was it Tyler Heineke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling of like the Jets are still trying to find a vet. So are they are they worried just to like throw Zach into the fire? While Zach, while I as a BYU fan feel more confident that they they have him like place, I don't know. I, I kind of want to know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Well, I, I don't know. I think that it's nice to have somebody that can kind of teach in the ropes. I know um, me personally, like, like so being an Aggie fan, Jordan Love was drafted last year, and I'm kind of glad that he's been able to learn from one of the best in Aaron Rodgers because I don't know if he would have necessarily – because, I mean, he kind of had a rocky – junior season now Zach had a stellar junior season um there might be just some question I mean he's going against NFL talent he's not going like against like this the type of players that BYU did but um I think if the Jets I I like their plan to try to surround him with talent because I don't know if he's good enough to just like um thrive with no talent around him like most quarterbacks can't uh, um I can think of very few I mean Aaron Rodgers does pretty well with <laughs> considering some of the um, mistakes that the front office has made there. And he's still able to get him as far as possible. But um, I think that Zach could start day one, but I mean, I think most times, like even Sam Darnold, I don't know or if he or like Baker Mayfield, I remember they were kind of on bottom feeder teams. I don't know if they necessarily started day one, but, but they eventually did and, and threat and got some wins. So um, I, I think, like I, like, I think they don't draft him just number two for nothing. So I think he, they'll, they'll probably just see how it goes in camp if he's kind of shaky. Cause like I know with Jordan Love's case, he was a little bit shaky in camp and they he had a very limited camp, but they have a whole spring ball, summer camp, preseason to work with Zach. And so if, if he's the number one guy, it gives him the best chance to win. And I think they'll go with him. And so, so unless they're going to somehow pull like, um, what's a good quarterback out there? Like, yeah, unless if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, then yeah, I think that it's safe to say Zach Wilson will stay behind him and and learn something. But I think unless they get a guy of that top tier caliber, I think Zach will be starting day one. Who was Mahomes behind down in in KC before he started? Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's behind Smith. Yeah, so, I mean, even even Mahomes, who everybody's comparing Zach to, yeah, because we we, so we did the comparison. Yeah, well, like that. We team, they nobody like on the Jets roster like a... currently is um would start over him. But if they got somebody of that Alex Smith caliber, maybe like 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 I was saying, maybe not the goat like Aaron Rodgers, but like like maybe a top five, top ten caliber quarterback. Then yeah, they would probably be better um, choice than Zach day one. But I mean. Ultimately, if they're picking him second overall pick, they expect him to become the starting quarterback shortly or else it's kind of a waste of a pick, right? If, if they don't expect him to be a starter, like you can pick up a backup QB in like the third or fourth round, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What were you going to say, Ty? I know you had a comment about just that vibe. Oh, yeah. The So I was going to say like that, like I, I ultimately think he will start, like whether it's day one or not, I guess, like it, I guess it, you know, like uh, Daniel was saying, it kind of depends on how camp plays out and stuff. Um, 
but eventually like if you're picked that high you're gonna play and it's usually gonna be fast like Mahomes like that was like a special circumstance I feel like because that Chiefs team was still good like they still made the playoffs that you know that year he was sitting I think they so like they were still like a competitive team so it made sense to like oh we can still win some games and let Mahomes get all the time he needs this whole year and have him be the guy the next year um you know the Jordan Love pick that you mentioned Daniel that's now caused some other problems but uh uh with the Packers anyway um but like it was the same thing like yeah Green Bay's still good you know he can like kind of sit and learn and if he's you know you know like you said he kind of had that rough year his junior year like if he can work out some of the kinks then maybe he can be ready to go in a couple years with with Zach I just see it as like like you were saying at at the start um what you were saying at the start Jacob is like just like there that's like their guy where he they're just so committed to him they they committed to him like with the second pick whether he doesn't start week one or two I guess that's like in question but I think by you know week four or five when the season's really in swing at I definitely think he's going to be the one out for there for them. Like, and you talked about like getting him help. It was it, like, they, they drafted well. I really thought they had a good draft, but then you, you dip back a little further and they had some good, I just wanted to pull it up to make sure they had some good free agency signings too. They went out and got Corey Davis. They, as a receiver, they went out and got Keelan Cole. They got a couple defenders. So I think they probably look at it as like, maybe we could be even good this year. So I, I could definitely see Zach starting early with the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you look back at Tom Brady, who we now revere as the GOAT. He he started behind Drew Bledsoe. I mean, he, he played behind Drew Bledsoe, and then when Bledsoe got hurt, Brady never looked back. You know what I mean? And I don't think the, the Jets would do that to Zach. I could see them trying to, like, just open up a little bit of a, a door to help him adapt. And I don't I don't know if Foles is the guy I'd want to do that because I feel like he was kind of a one-hit wonder with the Eagles. So it's not like he's like got this huge resume behind him. I think he's two and eleven in starts since becoming like since he got paid all that big money, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, from what I was reading. So is that is that really the guy you kind of want mentoring your future franchise QB? I it's I like do Foles gold, no pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like I don't know. You got to make sure that that person that's going to proceed Zach Wilson actually gets um, the team on the right trajectory. Cause I mean, we, we talked about this, Dan, we talked about how Zach Wilson came in at the end of the Utah state game back when um, I think it was what 35 to 13 when he came in and then he threw that touchdown pass to Dax Milne to end the game. Um, And that was kind of like, he came in for Tanner Mangum and he switched it up right at the end. And I've, as a BYU fan, I've always been like, man, could that game, like you said, have changed had Zach been in from the beginning? And then, I mean, that the end of that campaign was really like pretty good. And I, I kind of want the Jets. There's a part of me that's like, just give him the shot right from the get go. Um, if you do bring somebody in, use it as a coaching mentorship kind of tool. And then just let Zach fly from game one so that he can have that mojo once he gets game one under his belt and game two and just keep kind of snowballing the successes that I think they will have from there. Um, I, I really am optimistic, though, like you were saying, Ty, the Jets, I mean, they do have some offseason free agent signings that have kind of made me as a BYU fan be like, you know, should I start buying Jets gear? Should I should I have my Zach Wilson jersey? And should I, you know what I mean, consider switching my my NFL allegiances? Because I actually kind of like this team now. <laughs> yeah, Jets are cool again. <laughs> what are your cool other again. NFL teams, Jake? I, I don't know if I've ever asked you, like, 
I've been a Bengals fan, but like I only like the Bengals because they suck. You know what I mean? Well, they sucked when I liked them. You're, not, <laughs> so, you're the anti-bandwagon fan. Yeah, I'm like I'm like, like a I team. can't be a bandwagon. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I liked them when they were like four and, and twelve, and um, back in like the the Boomer Sison kind of era. You know what I mean? Back when it's like the I don't know. It's just the the Bengals were not good for a good while, and then they kind of they brought it back. Um, and I mean, I honestly, I liked Andy Dalton, but it's just one of those things where, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for Joe Burrow, but like, I don't even know if I really care about Joe Burrow anymore. Like, do I care about the Bengals that much? Would I rather just be focused on Zach? Would I, um, want to focus on, I mean, all these other BYU guys who are now back in the league, BYU through this draft, I feel like has regained their reputation of being, an NFL school they're they're constantly like on the focus of people's mind. They're in the, in the, I mean, conversation for national championships or, or top rankings at the end of the year. And I know it's a one, one year sample size, but I feel like the trajectory is that, that trajectory. It's not like what you'd feel during the Bronco Mendenhall era where you have three good years and then it's just the dumps or average and then kind of just fizzles out. It feels like it's on an upward trajectory. And it's funny because they yeah, like sent definitely. 12 guys to the league total. And like, it's, I, I just kind of, you know, a lot of like talk, even when they were having this amazing run this last year is just kind of like, Oh, how real is it? Well, like the league thought it was pretty real. Cause they just got 12 players into, you know, the NFL. So yeah, I totally agree with your point. Yeah. yeah the league definitely looks at skill. They don't always look at record. I mean, you saw, I always like to bring up the Aggie, but like Jordan Love was had a seven and five year. He struggled and they still thought he was a first round QB because they saw his arm talent. So I think with Zach and there's all the other skill positions they're looking at, at the talent. And, and, and like you said, Jake, um, BYU is on an upward trajectory and, um, and all these people that are getting sent to the NFL. Um, I was going to touch on Brady Christensen. We can definitely get back to Zach if there's, more time at the end because definitely want to break down just everything we can about him. But, um, but Brady Christensen is what I wanted to talk about because I thought that was an awesome story. Um, picked in the third round, 70th overall, I see. Um, and he, um, so, so pre-draft, like, like they were saying they, that he, um, ESPN here, it's, or Stephen Lynch says he put on a show at his pro day, he had explosiveness and foot speed on tape. Like he, he really excelled on a lot of that. So I'm um, really excited to see what he can do. I saw one of my favorite Aggies, Sam Merrill, actually went to high school with him at Bountiful and, and did a shout out. He said B-Town represent. So so that, that's awesome to see that they're showing each other love. I think they, they must have been like a year or so apart because, I mean, Sam just went to the NFL or not NFL NBA this last year and then now Brady's going to the NFL so great for for Bountiful for I guess they're the red the red-tailed hawks or something the red hawks now um and so yeah there's a lot I, I saw also something our friend Jake Hatch at, uh, at the Lockdown Cougars he had an interesting take and I'm wondering what your take is on this but I mean even though he's an offensive tackle they were thinking he was thinking that that the Carolina Panthers should have him start out at like right guard and then slowly move his way out to tackle because I know offensive tackles they make a little more because you know people are always rushing the edge to try to get the quarterback and so the offensive tackles have to be really stout and 
And I mean, Brady, um, from what they're saying, he, he might need, need to put a little bit more weight or muscle, which is kind of crazy to say. Cause I mean, he's like, I, I looked like here, it says that he's three Oh two and like six foot six. So like, he's a big guy already, but in the NFL, there's a lot of big guys there on the, on the, in the trenches. Um, I, I was hoping to see, I guess the, my guy, Tyler Larson, he, he's an Aggie that was the center. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think of, of how the O-line is overall um, with the Carolina Panthers. And like, how, how do you think that um, Brady Christensen can fit with them? I think he's a guard for the, for the Panthers. And I think the other thing Jay catch was mentioning is like arm length. So like the average left tackle in the NFL right now has a 33 and a half inch wingspan, I guess, um, from the center to the out. So his arm like 33 and a half inches, Brady, um, only measure out at 32, but then the other aspect of most offensive guards don't have the quickness and speed that he was uh, demonstrating. Some of those like measurables that they have from his pro day showed that he's a tackle, but some of his, like, I guess, length measurements and things that way, um, or like size measurements of like bicep or whatever, you know what I mean? Like um, Jake was saying, some of those things don't check out. So I agree. I think the, the Panthers probably do. I think they'll try him out at a couple positions. That was one of the coolest things with blue grit with Grimes and Mateos, like their offensive line had to rotate positions so many times through those first three years that these guys, I am confident could play every single position. No matter what it is. I mean, you're not going to want your six, seven guy playing center, but if he had to, he could, you know what I mean? And I feel like, um, I feel like the Panthers have um, a system in place that will get him where he needs to be. But I do think he starts out as a guard um, and moves out. Do you think he starts like on the first rotation or you think he's maybe starts like on um, in the second unit? Um, I think he's a first rotation guy. I think they don't draft him that high unless he's a first rotation guy. And I think um, if I wasn't um, misreading, some of the Panthers offensive linemen are more veteran players. So they're trying to like just reestablish for the future. Um, it, it kind of turned into one of those things where, like I said, maybe he, if he could be like a second rotation tackle, but he would be a first rotation guard. Um, and kind of play in that order and then eventually kind of um, rotate out towards the, the end and, and um, connect that, that um, blind side, I guess, protect that blind side. Um, it's kind of funny. Cause I mean, um, where did Sam Darnold go? Isn't he in Carolina now? Um, I yeah. see. Oh yeah, he is. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of ironic that, yeah, the guy that got not booted out, but just kind of, the kind of, decide okay Zach's our guy so rather than have these two guys fight for it like we'll just let Sam Darnold go to a different place where he can maybe succeed and and then have Zach do it in New York exactly it's just kind of funny it's like one of those like one of those things that that uh I don't know he's gonna basically lead the team just one second yeah sounds good and and yeah um 12th Overall, um, no, he's a, the twelfth, I think, tackle to be selected on in the in the draft. I was looking at just the positions, and so I mean, yeah, they do think pretty highly of them. I think there was definitely a need for a lot of a lot of these teams that are struggling. Like a lot of them were working on that line because your quarterback. Like I feel like your the quarterbacks um, 
performance kind of plummets. Like we saw what happened um, before with the Jets. Like they just couldn't get much protection. And so I think it really affected Darnold's play. I don't think Darnold's a bad quarterback. Like he didn't go number one for, for nothing. So I think they want to try to set Darnold up for success here. Um, definitely. But yeah, so hopefully Brady Christensen um, will, will be able to help him. And so we can cheer for him in the NFC and then Zach in the AFC for sure. And then, and then, yeah. Um, and then a couple of rounds went like fourth, fifth, sixth round. No BYU guys were selected. So we're wondering, okay, this is just going to be not a one hit wonder, but like just two, two guys. Um, but um, t- so Ty, let me, let me know what, what how do you think um, the, se- the seventh round played uh, out and like, who are the guys on, on BYU that, that made it happen to, to get um, more guys in the, in the draft. So, yeah, the first guy, uh, obviously, I think I'll start with is Dax Milne. It's just because, like, the receiver position, I think, you know, he's probably pretty well known. I think people were really interested to see where he's fall, you know, one of Zach's top targets um, in this last season, of course, and kind of uh, really had a good rapport with him. So he ends up, he ends up, getting drafted when I think like it was like a really deep receiver class right so people weren't really sure what they were going to do the football team ends up taking him Washington football team uh yeah kind of still weird to say but um they take him in the seventh round 250 sec uh 58th pick um I mean I think BYU fans kind of know what he brought to the table last year just in the sense like I just pulled up his stats real quick I mean 70 receptions over a thousand yards receiving eight ATDs like he really had like a monster season from the receiver position and athletically he's 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 pretty good too you know he was a walk-on at BYU I think he really won a lot of a lot of fans hearts and now you know he was a walk-on in college and now you know he's a later round pick so he kind of knows what it's like to work your way up and just grind and know that nothing's given to you you know being a seventh round pick those guys are cut all the time you know those guys are cut every year so you know, we'll see what he can do. We'll see if he can, like, um, make the team and make the roster and, like, where he progresses from here. But he's, like, already been on this before. I think running a 4-5 at, at his 40 will really help him just in the sense that that could get him back on the field in different ways, you know, maybe, like, help him get a spot. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, like, I think in terms of that, like, for Dax, like, you got to be pretty pleased that he ended up getting picked and then uh, – just you know ultimately hopefully he can uh, make the team um i don't know if you guys have any dax thoughts but um, well um, i do one thing i i'm glad that he wasn't mr irrelevant i know i know actually ironically the last guy drafted in the whole draft was a cougar but a houston cougar so that was good and then one thing i thought was funny i think i tweeted it after i'm like um you, you know washington football team still still searching for a name. So why not just rename it the Dax Milne um, football team? Let's just go all in on Dax Milne. Um, it'd be cool to see. <laughs> I am I kind of have a little bit of allegiance to the Cowboys, but I'll definitely be cheering for Dax Milne. I, I know before I was really cheering for Alex Smith and he had a great comeback story for our state. So now it'd be cool to have somebody individually to cheer for Dax Milne. So, so that's cool. Yeah, and then and then just to keep going in the seventh round, uh, Kyrus Tonga, he ended up getting picked. He went to the Bears, uh, two fifty, so you know a little bit ahead of Dax, but still late late in that seventh round. Um, 
same type of thing. Like, I, I mean, like I honestly thought he was going to go higher where I was kind of worried just because of the depth of the receiver class where I thought Dax could kind of fall a little because they were all like all the reports like, oh, my gosh, like this receiving class. It's so good, you know. And but with, with uh, Tonga, I, I thought maybe he could go um, a little bit higher, you know, maybe a team uh, just kind of reaches a little to, for a guy that can move at his size and really put up the sack numbers he did for uh, like at that position. I mean, eight and a half in your career. Like, I mean, that's pretty impressive in my opinion, honestly, 130 career tackles. Um, like bears obviously had like a very big draft in terms of notoriety with what they did. And they go ahead and grab Tong in the seventh round. And honestly, I think he can play. Like I said, it, it, he, I look at like his, him as just like a pure player as a guy that you can uh, really move around on the defensive line, how you guys were kind of talking, um, how he'd be a swing lineman. I look at him as a uh, kind of that swing defensive end who could really play in the trenches, give you a body out there that can really help against the run and give you kind of a surprising pass rush. I, I like Kyrus. I honestly thought he'd go a little bit higher. So uh, yeah, happy to see him go uh, get picked. So. I think Kyrus is one of those guys that I'm hopeful the Bears really just develop um, and turn in to somebody, somebody that is, I don't know, I, that he can be their focal center. You know, I mean, not center, but nose. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. feel like he's just going to swallow people up. He reminds me a lot of um, that one guy from the U um, that played in the NFL. Um, what's his name? Um, anyways, he's one of the bigs, like the big, big dogs from the a U. Star. Who had, that was a star. I think it was is Star. It? Yeah, Star yeah. And then yeah. they have the other one who was before Star, who even played for a while. I can't remember his name either, but they were both Polynesian, like huge nose guards. But he just, I think he has that potential to be like that for the Bears and kind of just rule Chicago, I guess, you know? Totally. Like just like eats up space, like right in that middle, like those A gaps, that B gap area. Like he just eats up that space, you know, like just from his pure like presence alone, it could. You really like you might have to double him in some scenarios just because of his pure like strength and power like um you know not the quickest guy but like honestly he can he can eat up space and really help you in that area agreed yeah i really do i wanted to circle back sir i was trying to find something about the o-lineman that went with brady christensen so i'm sorry to detract from that but um they had two um people from the jets they brought on um with carolina cameron irving and pat elfine but they brought them in and they're vets and that's why i think brady's gonna maybe work his way out to the left tackle sorry we can go back to kairos though because yeah. there's actually one more thing about brady he actually has the highest ever rated pff like if you look uh, pro football focus they do ratings and it's like for the offensive tackle he has like the highest rating ever so he was like superb i think one of the big reasons he ha he helped zach obviously zach's great but one of my hot takes is and i had a pull on this on twitter actually for today for sunday while we're recording um or, or maybe it was yesterday um on who would go on to like ha um, make more pro bowls and i think 57 percent of byu fans thought brady christensen and um, more so than Zach, but I mean, it's still pretty close. I mean, both are going to be stars at their position, but, but yeah, at, at the O-line, um, if you can be a, if you can be one of the highest rated O-linemen ever on, on pro football focus, like in college, then hopefully it'll translate to the NFL. So, so that, I thought that was cool. Totally agree. And then the last guy picked in, in the later rounds for BYU seventh round again, um, Chris Wilcox, uh, 
BYU getting corner drafted now. Um, that's that's where we're at. Uh, really, really like Chris Wilcox, what he did at BYU. Um, like I, I remember him playing games, if I'm not mistaken, as like a true freshman. I'm pretty sure he was like one of those like that played pretty quickly into his BYU career, like where he was. They kind of just threw him into the fire, and then from there on, he he was really playing a lot of time. Uh, like just his size alone and speed, like that those two combinations because he's running in the four threes, like. It, his size and speed, like, I mean, you never know, right? Like, you, you, you could see him kind of just with the way the cornerback position is. Like, I, you could see him being useful at times if, like, some injuries happen or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of takes place. But um, I guess, like, he just with that, like, his uh, size and speed offers him at least some matchup potential in the NFL. Um, I actually was surprised he didn't go a little bit higher. There was a bunch of talk, excuse me, sorry, my little girl's talking, but um, he was um, on his pro day. There was a couple things where he was like his speed. They were like, Oh man, that's like third round speed that he's got. And they, they're talking about a bunch of these other like measurables that he just totally rocked the scales up and then to see him go late rounds. But then again, after, after kind of pondering over like, okay, Am I really that upset that he went seventh round? The biggest thing is a corner got drafted from BYU, and that's just – it's unheard of in the last 20 years. It's just been really hard, 20-plus years, to get somebody in. But now, I mean, he is he's a big dude. He's really going to go to a place where he could be walking into a Super Bowl ring if Tom Brady's the same um, as he was last year, which I kind of hope he's not. I kind of hope that some of these other young guys that we've been – focusing on like Zach and Mahomes and and maybe even a Josh Allen up there and um, with the the Bills I don't know I just want some of these blood guys to kind of to reshape the league and and become the the face of the NFL now I do I mean Tom Brady's the GOAT that's great but and I'm excited Chris Wilcox gets to go play with him but I really am just hopeful that um that Zach kind of takes off, but it, it's awesome for Chris to even be drafted and, and to have that opportunity with such a great organization in the Bucks and with Bruce Arians, such a great coach. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I like all these, these picks. Um, I think one poll I'm going to throw up for the cause Monday, I do a, a poll of the day on hive sports or if you search at the hive sports for Twitter, I think I'm going to um, cause a little stir in the Holy war and say, okay, so between the 2020, Ute draft class who had seven in the draft or BYU who had five in the draft, but had the second overall pick, like which had the better draft class. I think we'll get some interesting responses from both fan bases. Um, but, but this has been awesome. Unfortunately, we're a little bit close to out of time, but um, I think I'll just allow you guys for like last words. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is that we were talking about this before we started recording is there, there was um, so BYU has, five that were drafted and I think seven are are unrestricted free agents which we'll talk about more next week who knows the list could get even bigger but um there was seven uh, I think this has to be a record seven um players from Utah high school so definitely gotta shout out the high schools in the state like when in the fall we love covering the football the high school football um so like Zach Wilson obviously and then Brady Christensen, Kyrus Tonga, Dax Millen all came from from Utah schools, like Zach was from Corner Canyon. Like we mentioned, Brady was from Bountiful. Kyrus was at Granger, and then Milne was at Bingham. But then also, Penny Sewell, I mean, he, he got snatched up by the University of Oregon. And then Jay Tufele, I think, if I remember right, was he, he was USC, um, and he was played for Bingham. And then Simi Fehoko um, played for Brighton. So 
I think it's just real testament to how great our state is at football overall. And unfortunately, they're so great that um, they're picking off some of these guys and having them play at other schools. But then you do see, I mean, BYU is able to kind of reel them back in. The um, the the, the um, Nakua brother, like like he was out watching him, but they reeled him back into the Cougars. So maybe, maybe we'll start to see some of these top guys that are getting to the NFL that have, that are in like Utah high schools, they'll get snagged by like some of these in-state schools like BYU and then Utah for sure. But any other last minute thoughts from you guys on how the draft played out for the Cougars or anything? I'll let Ty go first and then I'll, I'll circle back with some final thoughts. Uh, yeah. F- final thoughts. Um, don't have a lot. I, just happy for Zach, obviously. Like I talked to, little bit about like playing young you guys mentioned the utah state game a game that always just kind of sticks out to me in his career just being a byu fan and kind of following it um is the first game he ever started uh it was against hawaii in in lavelle edwards and it was a really kind of at that up at that point they had won some good games they had kind of won some they i think they beat wisconsin that year with tanner mangum but it was kind of just like a like kind of a hodgepodge team, if, if that makes sense, where it was just kind of like, I think they were like two and two, and it was kind of a boring team. They weren't scoring a lot of points. And he just comes in there and he just like electrifies the offense. And it, and it, it wasn't against a very good team or anything. Um, but it, it, I just remember like he, he just has a way about him, you know, and some guys just do like they all in sports, you talk about like it and like, just kind of like the quarterback having the presence of the room. And I just think Zach honestly does have that, that part of it down for sure. So I think he's going to have success. Uh, I loved him as watching as a player, excited to watch him in the pros and just seeing BYU get a corner in the league, man. Like, like you mentioned it and I, I kind of did too. It's just like, it, it really is like, it's, it's amazing. Cause it's been, it's been a while for that to happen. So in a position where they don't usually put a player in the league where that could maybe help them in recruiting down the road or whatever it does. And, and that's, that's cool to see. Um, and then just having the second pick, like uh, you mentioned that thought, Daniel, and like, Oh, five or seven, uh, obviously you'd rather have seven in the league, but having the second pick, you're, you're a big conversation on the draft and just really still in a lot of the spotlight. Um, so, I mean, I would lean BYU, but I'm also a big BYU homer, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'm, that I'm with you sense. on that 100%. The, it's kind of funny when you look at the West Coast, BYU kind of just piggybacking on that. Five draft picks ties um, not even just, I guess, the West Coast, ties Clemson, ties Oklahoma, <laughs> ties Oregon, ties all these schools, USC, um, in the number of draft picks are taken on draft night it's just one of those really cool things to see um, come out of BYU and um, you feel like it's getting back on that trajectory and um, getting really good picks Um, the guy that I actually follow on Twitter that's a former DB for BYU is Derwin Gray I love watching his content as he pops up because he's just like a motivator he's been kind of one of those catalysts behind BYU um, and just like this season that they had um, it's really cool because he's him and his wife came out to BYU and did that whole conference with the team and he's been really involved and then to see the progression with Gennaro Guilford and um, Preston Hadley um, getting these guys into BYU and, and playing really good um, at the DB uh, position I mean as whether it's corner or safety and then um, just I mean 
they're they're excelling not only now but you can kind of feel like they're going to excel in the league too um my other final thought that i wanted to give besides just how awesome it is that we have a corner drafted in uh and everything that way um i wanted to highlight dax a little bit more um just because i was kind of quiet during that part but um dax um walk on all the way to the nfl he's gonna prove some people wrong he's got some julian edelman kind of comparisons there um he's got a little bit of that swagger that Zach has that it's like you were just mentioning to where you feel like he's just going to come in and, and really make a difference for Washington immediately. Um, I get that feeling at least, and I'm really excited to kind of just see him ball out and have that, uh, that experience. And then, you know, I, I, I got to give a shout out to the coaching staff right now for Kalani to come in in 2016, um, the situation they were in and to really just kind of, I don't know that you have to say turn it around, but there was this mentality from Bronco of like, man, it's hard for me to get anybody in the league. It's hard for me when they don't have a, a chance to compete for anything to see Kalani in five years, put the right pieces around him and coaches and really just turn around a team. Like I, it's the epitome of like a repentance, forgiveness, let's do better. Let's be better story. Not to like get all, uh, you know what I mean? Religious on it, but I feel like he just, he made it, he made it show that you can turn things around. And then the very last thing I made a, um, uh, last week, a, a, a poll question that I didn't answer on the pod. I wanted to give people some time to get an answer for it. Um, but softball last week, we talked about how they had a walk-off home run and a walk-off win against the youth. Wanted to follow up on that. Um, so the last time there was a walk-off in the BYU Utah softball game was 2017 with the youths winning. And then in 2010 was the last time BYU walked off a game. So if you got that answer right, um, awesome work. Um, and we'll, we'll keep doing a, a poll question um, going forward and just kind of answering that on the next week. But uh, I thank you guys all for listening to um, this week's episode of Cause Monday. Um, thank you guys for uh, also following The Hive and uh, checking out the website, reading more of Dan and other, uh, other articles that have been posted. But go Cougs and uh, let's rep the Y. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.